Hey, Merlin Man, how are you doing today? How's everything going way up? Way up there. Oh, oh. Way up there. Yeah, I'm great, man. My knees hurt, but I'm in pretty good shape. I mean, not physically or mentally or emotionally, but uh, yeah. but I feel good, strong like bull. I had uh, why, why are your knees hurting? Just the well, I mean, I'm old, Dan, and also sometimes you know, I, it's another mm. sleeping injury that I'm dealing with. Oh no, not like the. Are you still wearing the boot? <laughs> uh, not on my knee. Uh, I don't have a boot, but it's funny. Uh, I could wear boots, bed boots, I guess. Um, well, didn't you have, there was a problem where you were, you were stomach sleeping and when you stomach sleep, oh, yeah, that's my foot... ankle injury. That's a different thing. Yeah. 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 Okay. My wife keeps telling me she thinks I have gout and I, you know what I say? I say, you have gout <laughs> sick burn. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, no, I'm doing yeah. great, man. Everything's going great. Uh, yeah, uh, like really great. I can't complain. You know what I'm saying? Well, that's um, good. Yep, I cut my own hair. I tried a new haircut that worked out really well. That's going great. I got a system for recharging my bike light that I'm really happy with. Uh, oh, yeah. What else is going on? Oh, I fixed reminders on my Mac, which is good. Um, I did cheat on my wife and my family, and I feel bad about that. I had Chick-fil-A for breakfast. <sighs> Well, it's not Sunday, so you can do that as much as right, you want. Right, I could have gotten a public sandwich. Oh, wait a minute, sorry. Um, are they still no? They're oh, not closed on Publix. Sundays anymore, right? Chick Fil A or Publix? Publix. Uh, Publix was not closed when I worked there on Sundays ever because I always worked Sundays. But they would close down the alcohol section, oh, so yeah. you couldn't buy beer they call or it wine. They would turn the light off. Yeah, that's right. This is what. Yeah, that this is this really uh, apart from getting uh, two different kinds of injuries from. Not sleeping very well. Uh, the other way you can yeah. tell I'm old is that for me, Publix was always closed all day on Sundays. Um, into, I want to say high school at least. Probably, did you work there like late 80s maybe? Yeah, I prop well, mid, yeah, mid to late 80s. That sounds right. I think I was, I was working there when I was 14. So that would have been 86. Okay. Huh. Yeah, I'll have to look it up. But it could have been different. You were in a different county. Yeah. It could have been but, a county thing. I mean, I... I I, hmm, I I really I should look this up before I say anything, but like, um, is it a, is it a public company? A Publix is Publix a public well, company? Is it like a fa- my sense was it was like a family owned business, and that's one reason that they do all this wackadoo stuff. It would be difficult. It is not publicly traded, and it, it it is made available for sale only to current Publix associates and members of its board of directors. Okay, well that sounds fake. But, but, um, but like even now we're, we're still, <laughs> I mean, it's on publics.com. Well, I know, but, <laughs> but I mean, like, because you're fast at typing on the internet doesn't make you right. Well, it kind of does. <laughs> no, no. I was going to say was that, um, cause like I seem to remember seeing something recently that they had like, uh, you know, a la the people at Chick-fil-A, they, you know, invested some money in some causes I would prefer personally not to be supporting. But anyway, yeah. um, we don't have Chick-fil-A here, and so I got some delivered from uh, a, a nearby bedroom community, and I ate that. Yum. Had some Polynesian sauce. Ooh. Yeah. I, for some reason, just staring at that de- delicious little plastic tub of sauce that said Polynesian sauce. I did find myself thinking a little, little bit about people who live in the countries that we consider Polynesia and thinking like, oh, what if that's what they do? What if they get a little tub of sauce? Oh, Papa, thank you for this sauce of my homeland. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's all great. What else is happening? Um, you know, it is interesting to think about. I didn't prepare. 
Well, I did prepare things for this week, but I'm throwing them out because like they're not very good. But not good today. No, I think they're great. I just think you'd be annoyed talking about them. But the um, the um, how can I put this? Okay, I'm I'm just gonna get this out of the way. Doing this, there's the bike stuff that I've been doing, and depending on the bike stuff, there's my long-standing interests in looking at the way that mm, cities are designed around cars. And I'm mm. not going to, I'm trying not to do a rant about that. That's one reason I'm throwing out my very good content this week. But I will say this, that as one gets older, it, it's interesting to go back. I mean, okay, how about this? Do you remember as you grew up and then you grew up more and you grew up a little bit more. And at every point when you're growing up, you think that you're the smartest you've ever been and probably the smartest you ever will be. That's a, that, I feel like that's practically human nature. It's at least American nature. It's like I'm not only the sm- smartest 17-year-old of all time, but I'm probably the smartest person of all time. I- I've had that secret, you know, conceit sometimes. But as you get a little older and you keep looking back and you go, well, maybe, I- maybe I didn't get all that right, it-, it takes a little bit of time and distance and sometimes both to be able to look back at something and go, oh, I, I see that so differently now. Do you know what I mean? Like growing up in Florida, yeah. there's one way you're mad about one thing. You get older, you're mad about something else. You get a little bit older and you go like, oh God, why was I so mad about everything? <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like as you get older, you yes. reprocess and, and there's a million annoying ways. There's certain code words I could give you here that include things like parenthood. And then include things like, because what, what is parenthood really screws you up because like not only are you, are you partly responsible for other people maybe for the first real like indelible time in your life, but you think about your own parents and what your, the stuff that your parents did or didn't do or sacrificed or, or what they blew or they blew differently than you thought at the time. And it's, I don't know, I think it's really sobering and honestly, ultimately very humbling to look back on your life with, from the vantage point of new information and experience, and then to have to sort of like relitigate your past and the reason I'm saying that here is when you us, us talking about Publix and Chick-fil-A for that matter, alongside thinking about stuff like how we treat th- things that aren't cars in Florida. I don't know. I just think it's interesting to go back and, and not relitigate, but like just really think again about stuff you thought you understood. One of the examples I feel has become an al- albatross for me, and I don't like to say this too much because it sounds, you know, like I'm, I don't know, trying to do a bit, but like... I have, to, I have to admit that at the time that I was accepted to the college that I went to, I was, to say the very least, surprised. And, of course, extremely happy because it's a better school than I should have gotten into. Fast forward many, many, many years, and I was telling a friend, so I may have even saying it on a podcast, I was talking about how my best friend in high school, his parents had gone there, and I had this dawning realization that, uh, I can say with candor, it would surprise me if my friend's parents didn't have some influence on my getting accepted to college. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which had, I mean, I guess it had kind of occurred to me, but I imagined it more, more like, you know, like my agent <laughs> going in and saying, you got to get this kid. This kid's great. Snatch him up. It's, uh, you know, and when in fact it could have been like, you know, Hey, this, uh, this application here, pass it through. I do not have information that that is exactly what happened, but it certainly is a fairly unshakable thought to me at this point. Which really makes me greatly rethink whether I am the bootstraps pulling poor underdog that that I like to portray myself as. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm, That has not been a fun thing for me to think about because I would like to believe my own press that it was just by virtue of the fact that 
I was yet another kid in America who had been overlooked and like passed through the system like a kernel of corn, but somehow managed to triumph like Horatio Alger style. And, but then of course, then I look at stuff that happens with my kid and the way my kid mm. gets treated at school, yeah. a tale that I will tell someday, which is like, uh, you know, sometimes you just feel like you just can't catch a break. I guess what I'm trying to say is for no reason in particular is I do think it is interesting to go back. And when you think about stuff that has become like a load-bearing wall in your memory title, mm-hmm. like when you go back and you like, I mean, have you ever done that, Dan? You don't have to say anything personal, but do you ever find yourself in a position as, uh, you know, being, being smarter than you know, the average bear to be able to like go back and go, oh, for 20 years, I've been thinking about it this way. And it's much more likely, you know what they say in medicine, if you hear footprints, think horses, not zebras. Like, if you go back and look at the actually sort of logical explanation that isn't just based on your very um, misty watercolored memory of what happened, you're like, oh, that's probably, that's a much more plausible reason for why that happened. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, okay, I'll give I mean, you another, here's another example of that. that the, the friend that I just mentioned, my best friend in high school. Yeah. Um, yeah. We went to our first concert ever together, which my mom was nice enough to drive us to. We went to see the Go Go's and the Flock Seagulls in 1982, and I want. <laughs> so you got to see them. Got to see them live. Oh yeah, first concert. Um, and I think it was at Curtis Hickson, but I don't remember. Anyway, we um, we uh, went there, and we were the dorkiest, like chunky tenth graders at the entire show, because like mm. there was just this bizarre crossover of. I mean, for example, Belinda Carlisle from the Go-Go's used to be in a band called The Germs. She was in one of the original, like, L.A. punk bands, and there were still people that thought of the Go-Go's as pop sellouts, uh, but still with a punk genesis, mm. right? So you got the, 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 the cool, angry kids kind of slumming, and then you got people like me who were like, I, I, am, I am a uh, potato-shaped 10th grader, who is going to his first concert with his potato-shaped friend, and we are dorks. And it was a really <laughs> weird, weird crossover, and we felt really, really scared. While we were there, though, he said something really funny. He's like, he, he had one of those moments, even in 1982, in 10th grade, and he was like, wait a minute, what is that smell? And I'm like, um, I think that might be marijuana. And long story short, he had this breakthrough where he's like, he realized there's a smell from his childhood that suddenly popped up. And he made the connection and went, oh, my parents used to smoke pot. (laughs) This was the same year that uh, my friend did the math and figured out that there were less than nine months between his parents' marriage and his birth for the first time. Kind of stuff you don't sit down and do. And then when you do it, not to pick up my friend, but because we all do that. And you go like, oh, wait a minute. So the, you, there's this sort of like, you don't want to say cover story, but there's this sort of socially or emotionally acceptable way, my, my, the story for how this thing happened. And then there's the what really happened. And this is where you get into like William Faulkner territory and like my family. We're like, you discover that, oh, this uncle was actually the grandfather. And you discover that this sister was actually your mother. And there's all this, that's real. All that stuff happens, let alone what days publics are open. I'm just saying that when you go back, when I go back now and turn over my mind, my frustration, I thought I was mad about being poor, not poor. I thought, I thought I was mad about not having resources, not at my family, but just at life. 
Um, but I didn't realize at the time, well, why did I feel that way? Because I, I didn't, couldn't get status items that other kids seemed to get pretty easily or less difficult. But it was also just that it, it took me realizing and re-realizing and real, real, why am I so bitter about Florida? I am like, just again, to speak of Faulkner, I am like Holden Caulfield. You know, like I, I don't hate Florida. I don't hate it. I don't hate it. And it was partly that like you needed a goddamn car to go anywhere. And it's, I, I knew that at the time it was a fact, it was an incontrovertible fact of life that I would have to bow and scrape to my friends. I would have to come up with gas money to like contribute f- five ways to be able to go to Lakeland to see a concert. All of that right. stuff. It is, yeah, there's a part of it where I was mad about money stuff, but I was also just mad at Florida for being a place with, where you had to have a car. And I don't know. It's just weird. Now I look back at that. Now I'm on this bike. I'm tooling around. I'm doing all, I'm having fun. I'm going places on an admittedly costly e-bike. And it's like, it does make me now re-examine that time and go like, okay, but did I also overlook the possibility that with some canny planning and a $50.10 speed, I could have gone a lot more places than I ever did. And that's on me alone. Right. Do you ever have these experiences, Dan? You ever turn something over in your mind and you suddenly realize something you never realized before or made a connection you never made before? Yeah, I mean, I think that's that's something that we need to kind of pay attention to and do, especially as we're getting a little older. And, you know, it's interesting because recently you mentioned getting angry about things. And one of the things that I've noticed recently is like the things that used to, in the world, huh? the things that used to happen don't seem to, like, I don't seem to feel the outrage that I used to feel. It's not like I'm okay with them. Um, could be that, I mean, don't you think part of it, and that, again, this could be perception, but it doesn't seem like there's a lot more things to get, get sad and mad like about. That. Like, there was yeah. a time when, you know, again, before 9-11, where, where there were these stories, or these, if you like, scandals, that seemed to have a shelf life of at least six or eight weeks, if not two mm-hmm. years. And at some point, I'm going to say around, say, early 2017, it seems like we suddenly got to where there were three of those every day. And even trying yeah. to keep up with what you were not mad enough about yet became at least a part-time job. What yeah. do you think? No, you're right. I just, I feel like I'm at the point now where I just don't, like, the things that I'm more interested in are the things that affect me directly and affect me locally. I don't, I don't words, know how you survive I've, trying to have a portfolio that extends too far beyond that without... Uh, at least stretching yourself thin emotionally and potentially becoming yeah. very frustrated. Yeah. It, yeah. Which and will make you ineffective me, is I guess what I'm trying to say. Right. And I think, I think what I've noticed is now it's not that I don't care about big issues. Of course I care about them, but I also have kind of reached this point in my life where I realize that in order to do anything about those uh, big issues, whatever they are, mm-hmm that I would probably need to run for political office, which is not something now that is good. That is super for. interesting. You would say that, cause this is a conversation that came up in our house just this week. Really? Yeah. We were watching a TV show and I don't know, I guess we we're, we're just, and of course it, this is all amidst what's happening, been happening in a different part of Texas, but you know, it was something where, God, I forget what show it was. We were watching something really good and, um, there was somebody who had been a uh, community activist, like maybe kind of a Barack Obama type, but a woman in this TV show who is an incredibly effective and influential activist. 
um, who decided to run for office. And I was saying, you know, I, I think history tends to show us, and maybe this, again, this is the color of my crystal where I think everybody's so corrupt these days, but like, I think <laughs> right. you could do a lot more being the person who exerts power over a Congress person rather mm. than being the Congress person. Mm-hmm. Once you're the Congress person, like you owe a lot of people favors and you will continue to owe people so many favors. Whereas if you're somebody who can exert pressure on somebody who's elected and marshal those forces, like I wonder in the end, which one ultimately is more powerful. Cause now I, I, basically everybody seems like Mayor Quimby to me at this point. <laughs> you guys really, you guys took vacation after, after Rob elementary, y'all went home. Like you're kidding me. Like our, our deliberative body broke up and said, okay, got to bounce. <laughs> I mean, it, it is almost June. And you're yeah. like, wow, you couldn't even be bothered to like pretend this was something you would take, help take care of again, finally, again, finally. You know, I, that is, I, I, I know what you mean though. And it's, it becomes, this is a, it was a big topic for me last week on Dubai Friday was talking about, and with regard to Rob Elementary and saying like, I, I, I can't be sad and mad all day. I can't do, yeah. I can't sit and look at Twitter. And I, I think the phrase I used was something like, I, I can't sit in the latrine screaming all day. Like it, it just, you know, and, and I'll, I'm going to be even less big hearted than you. There's not that much I can do. And if there's anything mm-hmm. I can do, it's about a surpassingly small handful of things. And when people talk about all the things we should be doing, should be doing, should be doing, um, it's not just the project manager in me, it's the adult in me that hears that and goes, you haven't actually tried to change that many things, have you? Because if you have, if you've been involved in activism and community efforts, you know what a joyless drag it is. And that it isn't like you show up at a march with a funny, funny, um, funny sign that everybody puts on Instagram and then the problem is solved. Get ready for years of effort to get something really small changed because you can't keep people's attention. You can't, it's like mythical man month stuff. You know, it takes nine Mm -hmm. months to make a baby, no matter how many women you put on the job. And the same is true in activism. It takes a certain amount of time to do anything. And the results in the end are so much less, they're so much smaller than you'd hoped or let alone expected and like, I don't know, but I guess what I'm trying, I'm not, I don't mean to, I am finger scraping a little bit because I think it's terrible the way we treat each other. Like everybody, ex, everybody except us doesn't care. And like, I just, I don't know how, if I, I, you know, to get anything accomplished, whether that's getting your kid to put their shoes on or whether it's making it so that you can't buy uh, two assault rifles the week of your 18th birthday, like you pick any scope you want. But now I will defer to the project manager and me. You're going to be shocked how much more difficult and time-consuming that is to get anything accomplished, let alone everything, let alone mm-hmm. still being able to get your kid to put their shoes on. You just can't do all that stuff. But it's, it feels shameful to say out loud, you know, because then what to, to people on the Internet, at least the, the Internet voice in my head goes, oh, so you don't care. <laughs> I mean, I can't care about everything. Can you? what are you, five? You can't care about everything, let alone do something about everything. And all of that extra information is not helping. And this also gets into, like, I don't know, if something's becoming a, a, a pet theme of mine. And I, I guess, I think we talked about this here, maybe with regard to meditation, I don't remember. But there, yeah. there are things in life that we cling to. Because, we, well, one way to put it is we, there are things in life we cling to. And for a moment, let's set aside what kinds of things those are. But there are things we cling to in life because they feel safe or 
I think if we're being really honest, they used to feel safe to us. Mm. And like this gets into stuff about trauma. This gets into stuff about family and religion and civics. And really, if you like personal stories or brands, like how you think you are. And there's things that, that, that like, are, are you, if this were the Titanic, are you, are you inside the boat underwater? I mean, just because you're clinging to a door doesn't mean Kate Winslet's going to let you get on it. Like you, mm-hmm. something that f- used to make you feel safe could be an anchor to you at this point, And you don't know because you're so keen to feel safe that you don't take time to notice you're begging an anchor to love you. And that's, like I say, that's trauma, that's family, that's religion, that's whatever it is. There's some version of little you that you're trying to protect or medium-sized you that you're trying to protect. And if you don't get the emotional distance of like what is actually happening, well, I'm in the water and it's very cold. Well, I wish I could grab onto anything. Well, mm-hmm. I know you're real busy right now because you're trying to stay alive in cold water, but really is anything your best option? Do you have, is there any other thing that you could be doing right now that isn't jumping over your friends like Watchmen Pirate style to like g- make, make a raft out of anchors? <laughs> Title! <laughs> you know, um, I'll throw it to you here, but at confession time, I do own several media copies of Watchmen, including... The full, the full version. It's got the entire oh. pirate cartoon in it. It's like four hours long. Oh my gosh. Because you know, you know, that beautiful, that gorgeous. And the thing is, I, I don't know, I, I'm, I might be projecting here, but at least for the first time you read Watchmen, there's a pretty good chance you might skip over. I would say definitely the stuff between the chapters and almost as definitely the pirate stuff. Because like, oh, I, I want to get back to what's, what's up with the comedian. But it's all so important to the story. The pirate story ends up being the what's called the black... Uh, Curse of the Black uh, something, Pearl, the freighter, Depp. Yeah, Curse of the uh, Crystal, Black Crystal of the Black Death. Um, and, uh, but boy, that story's good and the animation's wonderful. Yeah, I don't, <laughs> I don't want to spoil what happens, but Pirate tries to do the right thing and it didn't work out. And then he tried to do the right thing again and <laughs> it super didn't work out. <laughs> you know, that Pirate... That, that beautiful raft he put together. Uh, God, what an upsetting image. The raft that the Watchman Pirate puts together, like, yeah, it'll keep him out of the water, but it does not foretell a terrific future for him. Mm-hmm. He's supposed to get home and save his family. Oh, God. Oh! Anyway, mm. Uh, mm. do we like Raft of Anchors? I like, yeah, I like that one. Hmm. Um, I think we, That's a good... We, what? Title? I was just going to say, that's like a, that's a good one. Uh, the other thing is, um, you know, I, I, I understand people have strong feelings about motion comics. I really like some of them a lot. The Astonishing X-Men motion comic I think is terrific because it's also a great comic. But the, um, the full Watchmen motion comic is on HBO Max. And they do kind of like a Harry Potter, Jim Dale thing. One guy does all of the voices. Oh. His Silk Spectre is a little upsetting, but he's pretty good. <laughs> he's good at all the voices. Yeah. It's kind of weird when he talks like this. It sounds like Aunt May or something. Do you find that that's, I mean, like for something like that, maybe, but like if you're reading, if you're listening, reading, if you're listening to like an audio book, do you find that when the, when the, the person doing the reading, like when you read to your child, yes, not when they're very little, Mm -hmm. but when, if you read to them, (laughs) did I do voices? (laughs) Nine, 10. Yeah. Did you do voices? I did. um, Yeah, Absolutely. 
Yeah. And sometimes, and sometimes these phrases, there are phrases. Now these are. I'm, I'm going to sound like I'm having a neurological event, but I'm just going to yell out some phrases. Mm. And like, uh, if you're a parent or a ki- or you were once a child, you may know some of these, and others you won't. Ten minutes. Like I still yell that out sometimes. Ten minutes bedtime. That's the only one I'm mm-hmm. going to tell you. Here's some other ones. Lucky kitten. Um, then there's some other ones. Um, hamsters take the ten minute tour. Same book. Um, one that comes up a lot is um, we're going on a bear hunt. It's gonna be. I, that just came out of my mouth the other day. This hilarious book we used to read my kid. We had the pop up book version of bear hunt going on a bear hunt, where it's and it became it was like um, it was like uh, Green Eggs and Ham, where it's mm-hmm. like uh, uh, Green Eggs and Ham was my book, and I didn't do the voices so much as embellish the story about how this completely sociopathic thing was destroying the lives of everything that it touched. Like the poor, the guy, remember when the train drives into the smokestack of the poor guy's boat? Yeah. And you're like, that poor guy. And then you see him floating in the water and he's, he's got the thousand yard stare. Like he's in, been in Da Nang for six months. And it's because, yeah. it's because, you know, this, this uh, Sam person went, he was, un, was unsafe. He should have known it was unsafe to take the fox and the train and the box and the eggs and then drive off the track. And he went straight, I, improbably enough, one in a million shot, Jerry went right into the smokestack <laughs> of this boat. Yes. Some voices. Um, but I don't usually love it. Here's something I will say. I understand we all got mixed feelings about Harry Potter these days, but yeah. um, if you can put your hand to um, one of the audiobooks read by Jim Dale, that guy, he's, he's English, and he did such a good job. And, you know, he does, does all the voice. Harry. Like, there's so many things that are just voices in my head now because of Jim Dale, and especially Prisoner of Azkaban. Those are really good. I did a few voices. I think you've got to learn what you're good at. It's a lot like Publix. You know, you learn, learn what you're good at. Don't worry about the rest. And, um, did you, did you have, what, what books were your books? Did you have books that were really your wheelhouse? Cause like my, my lady would always read certain books and was better at it, especially next stop grand central, especially uh, kittens first full moon. Um, there were a lot that my wife just owned mine were green eggs and ham. And later on the uh, short stories of VB white. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I think there were probably, but I, I don't Wait, remember them. Hang the on, sorry, did. strike that. What did I? Did I say E.B. White? You just did. No, 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 no. Um, um. Oh no, oh no. This is really embarrassing. The short stories of um, no, the other guy. Uh, the uh, uh the night the bed fell. Um. Oh no. Oh no. Oh my God, Dan, this is the event. This is it. It's happening. It's happening right now. Uh, uh, uh he did Walter Mitty. What was the guy's name? Secret Life of Walter Mitty. It's happening. Ah, Jesus Christ. I'm going to look it up. We're going to cut this. You know what? For the first time, we're going to edit for content. It's, um, you know, he always did little nebbish guys. He did the drawings for the New Yorker. Uh, James am, Thurber. I, I God damn it, James Thurber! Short stories of... <clears throat> and the other one, Dan. Mm. Wait, hang on. Three, two... That's for your edit. You got that for your edit? You ready? Oh, you really want me to edit that out? No, I don't. It's a bit. Ready? All right. Okay. Yeah. James Thurber. Got it. Did you have books where you did voices, or put differently, did you have books you like where it was your book, like you were the no. uncontested king reader of book? No, I don't think so. Mm. And I, uh, I think we just shared in that. But I feel like I never. Well, I never did the once they were out of like very early, very like infancy toddler toddlerhood. Yes, I spoke to them exactly the way that 
I would talk to any any other adult. That I might get a little more excited. Really? I might get a little more excited. Yeah, oh, look at that. Oh, isn't that great? Yeah. But like I just spoke this way. Did it seem weird? No. Okay. No, and they, they they both were speaking very, very early. My son started speaking when he was six months old. And by the time he was a year, he was doing complete full sentences, Dang. compound sentences. And That's amazing. So my, my daughter was not far behind that. She probably started speaking closer to a year. Well, you must have done um, something right, you know, genes, reading. Um, yeah, talking's a big deal. Um, the, but no, I never, yes. Merlin, in answer to your question, yes. I never did, I never did voices like that. If we were reading like Harry Potter, I didn't have a separate voice for, Just look uh, at the state of his robes. No, I never did, never did anything mm. like that. And I don't know if that great, was <laughs> Jim good or good bad. Jim a good Draco Malfoy. Yeah. It was great. He also does a very good Hermione. Harry. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know. People are weird. I had lots of good interactions with people today. Um, hey, Dan, would you, uh, d- uh, would you please uh, do me kindness and uh, tell me about something you like? I would love mm-hmm. to tell you about our sponsor today. Arr. It is Masterclass. Oh, geez, I missed my bell. Oh, no. Yeah, w- Did you hear that? I'll do it again. Ready? It's recreation. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, listen, hear like, I just I, is that it, your bursitis that's affecting? No, no, no. I think it's my sleeping injuries. Oh. Um, uh, tell me about something you like. It's a mas- ma- master class. Is that what it is? It is master class. Master class. And it's and not master a, cleanse because sometimes no. I speak. I speak quickly. It's not master cleanse. This is Have not the one with the lemons and the hot pepper. Huh? No, yeah, huh? no, 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 no. Is this the one with uh, David Lynch? This is the one with David Lynch. Okay, tell people about it because it's really good. If you go to masterclass.com. Okay, you're going to see a website that does, I think, a really excellent job of showing the kind of content that you're going to get from these guys. What they do is they go to these incredibly talented, successful, interesting people of the world. They have more than 150 of them now that have done these things. And they say that they got, here's how I imagine the conversation goes. They get, get someone in the, you know, on the phone. And they're like, listen, we like the stuff that you do. You need to make a class. And like, what are you talking about? Make a class. What does that mean? And yeah, what does that well, mean? What you're going to do is you're going to work with us. We're going to use the state of the art technology. We're going to create mini movies, basically, where you talk about the things that you do well and that you're the most passionate about. And they're like, I'm in, I'm sold. How do I start? And so what they do is they take these courses and they break them down into like 10 to 15 minute, you know, mini courses, mini I don't mini know classes. if this is going to be the draw before you, I think the draw is you're going to see these really amazing videos. You, if you're like me, and when you first get the masterclass, you hop around, watch different ones. Yeah, I think the I thing did. that's going to make it into a practice for you is exactly what Dan's describing. To call it a syllabus sounds much, much too dry. It's yeah, more it of a, ro- well, it's a roadmap in some ways that says like, you're going to get from here to there in these chunks. There's chunks within the chunks. And then, like, that's going to turn into a thing that you can operationalize in your life. There's a plan for this. It's not just a bunch of random things where we had some footage. There's, like, a plan to what you're watching here. And it's really really neat. And it is really enjoyable. And that's the thing that I think sets this apart is the quality of the content is so good. And the fact that you can watch this anywhere you go. You can watch it on your phone. You you have a smart TV. You have an, an Apple TV, a Roku you can watch this wherever you are at your discretion on your time frame, And that's the thing is it's not, I remember a while back I took this on this online course to like teach myself uh, Funka pro. Funka pro. 
And going through this process, you know, the, the lessons that they separated it out into it, they were really long. And I knew that I was going to have to commit mm -hmm. to minimum 60 minutes, if not longer, if I actually wanted to do the stuff that they were talking about for, for just for one lesson. And I, I had to be just, in my just, office. But too I much, had to be too much content and too much depth and too much length. Exactly. For what I mean, you needed or what you were prepared to like make time for. Yeah, and like Masterclass yeah. gets that. They understand that like, we're guess 10 what, minutes, we're about busy. Eight, nine, 10 minutes, something like that. Yeah, and so you can pick whatever the topic is that you're interested in. They actually have a, a category called most popular where it really shows you some cool places to start. So like right now, the, the Masterclasses that are at the top is this brand new one from Bill Clinton teaching inclusive leadership, right? We got our, one of our favorites, Gordon Ramsay, talking about what else, cooking. Hmm. But there's so many other little topics on here. And the cool thing about this is you get a subscription to this, so you get all of them. You don't have to make a choice as to which ones you want to listen to or watch, rather. You you have the opportunity to watch them all, but which one do you want to hear right now? Which one do you have 10 minutes or 15 minutes to spend your time on right now? You want to, you want to hear Neil Gaiman, watch him talk about the art of storytelling, you want Aaron Franklin, our uh, our Austin friend, uh, teaching Texas-style barbecue. And it even says right at the bottom, under Aaron Franklin, I'm looking at it right now, it says 16 lessons, averaging 17 minutes each. So you click the view class info. Oh, that's that's handy. Like, it gives you a little trailer. It shows you what he's going to be doing. Mm -hmm. It shows you how, you know, how he's how he's going about his the magic of making the barbecue that made him and Franklin so famous. It's But it's, like, really cool. And you say, well... I'm going to watch this. I got, I got 10, 15 minutes for this. You do. And you find out you can, it's easy to find what you like. They're always updating stuff. It's, it's such a great thing. I really like this. And uh, they have a special deal for our listeners. If you go to masterclass.com slash back to work, you will get 15% off masterclass. And again, the best way that it works, these are all coming with their own downloadable materials, lessons, recipes, whatever it is, it comes with stuff. And it's not like you get like some junky pamphlet. Like mm. these things, if, if you get like a cooking class, like you're going to get like a legit PDF cookbook. Like it's really, really cool. And annual membership starts at $180 a year. You're going to get over 100. I think they have 150, I think I said, of today's most brilliant minds wow. available anytime, wherever you are, wherever you go. Uh, so go check it out. It's a really great service. Masterclass.com slash back to work. 15% off uh, your masterclass there. And thanks very much. To listening to this program, Back to Work, with Merlin Xavier Mann. Thanks, Master Class. Buck, buck. Ahem. Ahem. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I don't know anymore. I don't know. Um, anything, I, I can talk about some stuff, but I don't have anything like super deep, you know? Super, yeah. super deep. Yeah. Um, um, I got some odds and sods. Yeah. <laughs> What are you doing? Nothing. What are you doing? <laughs> Nothing. What am I supposed to do with that? I, yeah. Yes. I just watched Bad it improv is, is not yes and it's no, no but. <laughs> um, no but. Um, no but. No but. Uh, I put something in links. Uh, you know, there are not that many bloggy McBlog blogs that no. are, are. They're certainly not around like they used to be. Sometimes people move to different places and, um, you know, blogging just isn't the, for any variety of reasons that aren't worth getting into. It's not the thing that it was, you know. Blogging. <clears throat> mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I mean, 15 years ago, it's kind of like where it was, for me anyway. But uh, there's a handful of blogs that I think are still really, really, really good. And like, it's like people never realized that they could abandon it. And then like completely heedlessly, they continue making great stuff. And one of those that I look forward to all the time, every time this pops up, and um, it says here on his website, he has a 113-week uh, streak of blog posts. Uh, one of those cr- super smart British guys, Matt Webb. Matt Webb has a blog called Interconnected that's been around since Christ was a corporal. Uh, and if you're a curious person who's curious about technology and design and, you know, just that whole rat king of like, you know, the rat king of smart English guys, I don't even, I, I couldn't tell you what every single person is doing right now, but there's these people I became acquainted with in the early days of 43 Floors, like through Danny O'Brien. So, you know, ben, people like Ben Hammersley, people like Matt Webb, people like Tom uh, Stafford, like who has a great episode of um, You're Not So Smart this week, he's on. Um, and Matt um, writes these great posts, and he is at interconnected.org. I, I met him once, and he's really smart. Interconnected. Um, I just want to point you to this, because I, I love stuff like this, especially from somebody who knows whereof they speak. Uh, and it's called The Apps I Use to Read and Write for This Blog. Now, I don't know if this is a terrific introduction. He, he's adjacent to like a Kevin Kelly. This guy's curious and interested about a lot of stuff, and he brings a lot of stuff to my attention. Uh, but I also like a meta thing where he talks about the way he reads and writes for his blog, which is not always, you can't always count on that to be a super interesting uh, thing, but in his case it is, and I'll tell you why. Uh, interesting because he uses some of the same stuff I do, which is interesting, and then he uses other stuff that I don't, <clears throat> but he puts it all in the con- So I'm learning about new things from this, but he's recontextualizing a process that is still very much the same as it has been for years for most of us, which is like we end up collecting and ruminating over a bunch of raw materials. And, you know, that's for me, like as with Matt, that's things like RSS feeds. That's things like Instant Paper and Pinboard. That's things right. I've got a lot of stuff. I just wanted to commend this to our listeners because he mentioned either stuff I hadn't heard of or using stuff I have heard of in ways I hadn't heard of. And so he's going to talk to you about how he uses Net Newswire. He's mm-hmm. going to talk to you, but the way he uses Ulysses is really interesting. Um, he kind of uses Ulysses the way some people would use, say, DevonThink or Tinderbox. Like he uses Ulysses as not just a way to write things, but he really utilizes the folders in Ulysses, which are so clever, to organize content and be able to turn it over. And he doesn't do a lot of tagging and stuff like that. I thought that was interesting. But it's, I also mentioned this. Anyway, hi, Matt Webb. You don't, won't remember me. We met a long time ago. Um, but I also learned about uh, an, an app I forgot about that is now of renewed interest to me. Are you familiar with an iOS app called Working Copy? Probably, maybe uh, not. That sounds familiar to me. But like I... Twitter, Twitter apps and text uh, editors used to be kind of the playground on iOS. You yeah. Know? Um, yeah. And at some point, we entered into some this golden age of Git clients i feel like right we're like the the built-in github uh or like you know the the github app for ios is not bad if you're interested in stuff like that and you're using git for anything whether that's for coding or for in this case blog posts or whatever check out working copy it's how can i put this it's kind of like like as transmit is to ftp and other things on a mac Mm -hmm. you with me so far working copy is to git and other things on an iPhone. And I mean that in all of those ways. Because Transmit was like it, Transmit was the, the first app after. So I've been on Fetch forever when I got into Transmit. Not, not Aldous Fetch, but was it Dartmouth, whoever makes Fetch? Anyway, the FTP app. 
it was so pretty and it was so neat and it continued to develop and you could sync it to all the different places and it would remember like this folder equals this directory on the server, right? Like transmit like took a lot of stuff that in retrospect we look back, it's almost like really like Twitterific in the sense of like, well, Twitter, Twitterific kind of invented the idea of Twitter being good at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so much stuff that we would not, that Twitter wouldn't have if it weren't for Twitterific. There's so much stuff we wouldn't think about in terms of file transfer and the, the grinding, like annoyingness of doing command line FTP or SFTP stuff. Like Transmit made that so much easier. And now Git is everywhere. There's so much stuff you can do with it. VS Code, uh, I love using for Git stuff. I use Git Finder. On the Mac, I use, obviously, the Git desktop app on the Mac is surprisingly good. But y'all go, uh, I think I put it in notes. Can you see it? Uh, uh, Working copy. Yeah, working copy, Git for iOS. That's workingcopy.app. Go look at this thing. And I think you'll see why I think it's a little bit like as transmit is for FTP. This kind of is for Git. Okay. Anyway, you do Git stuff, right? Oh, I, absolutely. But, but like, um, if you need to do stuff on your phone, like, it, look at all the stuff this thing can do. It's wild. And it's, and it's not ugly. Trying to do anything on your phone is a, better be a slightly different UX paradigm. And it, it, it ain't going to be as easy as like being on your giant screen Mac. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. But it handles that really well. And I thought it was really cool. And I think it's neat the way Matt uses that. And I'm more and more and more intrigued. I don't, I don't really, I, I thought about creating a, a BLOG for my bike stuff because i have a notes file that's practically a blog at this point mm-hmm. and but then i was like oh who cares but if <laughs> I, I but i've been wanting to like ever since i started hearing about jekyll a while back ever since you know i know there's ways to do this with synology plus rsync you can now do the most the craziest cool stuff on your own github site with blogging and i've thought about i don't want to get too involved in like getting into a thing but i'm intrigued and the fact that there's so many good apps for git that let you do different things, different places, and it all syncs, a la what makes calendar apps great. Um, I don't know. I'm still very intrigued by that. So I wanted to toss that out. Hey, Matt Webb, and uh, hey, uh, workingcopy.app, good on you. <clears throat> You're going to really make, carry this whole thing, aren't you? Like a baby. I don't have much to say about that author particularly, but I have like you ever to, read him? Like, no. Oh, that's cool. You should. He's great. I, w- I will. It's on my All list. All those now. guys, those guys are really smart. Yeah. They're, they're British, you know? Yeah. I mean, I'll read it anyway. Yeah. Yeah. There's still some, there's some people from the UK I'd like to meet. I, if anybody can introduce me, I'd like to meet Stuart Lee, uh, if that could happen. Um, I would enjoy meeting Charlie Booker. Is that the Bake Off um, mm-hmm. British? Yeah. You, you're talking about, uh, uh, what's his name? Johnny Pasadena? <laughs> 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 the thing is though his name is like a mad lib like his his actual name is so stupid that if you call jackie him, daytona jackie daytona <laughs> <laughs> yeah you win this one. Oh my god <laughs> you can't recognize him you can't recognize oh my god it's just a toothpick you know that but that's yeah. all it takes you, know you just take the toothpick in out like july it's coming yeah the boys yeah are, like like a month a month a month the and a half boys is now. coming this week um, this week the boys is coming yes and if you have not watched the, this is ss3 yes uh and g- given that i made a very very funny reference on twitter that no one seemed to like i'm going to recommend if you haven't already watched the uh series of short animations called diabolical um, on Amazon Prime, and it's, there's, I, according to my kid, only one of the stories is canonical, but it's really good. It's like the origin story of Homelander. 
and you get to meet a young Madeline Sitwell, and you get to meet oh oh oh, another neat thing. And there's there's one where like there's one where so sorry, are you familiar with the TV show The Boys? Right, and that's based on a Garth Ennis comic called The Boys, mm. and Garth Ennis has had talked extensively at the time even about uh, that he was like pretty directly basing characters in the book on certain actors, which becomes very funny because when you read the f- the beginning, the volume one of The Boys, the character, the Huey character, looks so much like Simon Pegg that it's kind of hilarious. He kind of he looks so much like Hot Fuzz era Simon Pegg. And then what's funny is in the TV show, Simon Pegg plays Huey's father. Okay. But one of these animations, according to my kid anyway, it's voiced mostly by the people, the actors who the character was based on. So Billy Butcher, who's Carl Urban in the wonderful TV show, the wonderful Carl Urban is played by, is voiced by Jason Isaacs, right? Hmm. So like Draco Malfoy's father, the guy with the house in the OA, uh, the guy in Death of Stalin, the guy in um, Operation Mincemeat, you know, Jason Isaac. You know what I'm talking about? The actor? Yeah. Draco Malfoy's father, right? He hits, he hits him with the stick at the stadium, remember? I, I do. He's an excellent actor. He's a great and actor. I, I actually don't, He's when Billy I Busher. think about him, I don't really think of him as um, as the, the Harry Potter actor. Who do you think of him as? Oh, wait, I think of him as O.A., yeah, I mean, he's been. If you've ever he's looked at his, so, he's been so. He's one. He's practically that guy. I just never realized it. Yeah, I'm. I'm trying to think of where I first saw him. Hold on, let me. And then, okay, and then, here, and then of course, no, I'm looking at the Wikipedia. Huey, on him. just so you know, Huey in the cartoon is voiced by Simon Pegg, which rules. <laughs> yeah. See, he was. I'm looking at these movies, and I know <laughs> that I knew him before he was in Harry Potter. But now well, I'm I mean, looking at these, and I don't know where I knew his him best from. known. Is, I think you could argue th- his most widely seen role mm. is in the Harry Potter later Harry Potter movies, mostly. Yeah, but yeah. he's got a, like a white wig. He doesn't look like Jason Isaac, even though no. he obviously does. He's very handsome. No. So handsome. He's so handsome. Okay, and then um, so anyway, the boys is coming back. Go watch Diabolical. Uh, it's got lots of terror in it. If you enjoy mm. uh, Billy Butcher's Bulldog Terror, which of course we do. Um, the Boys is very good. Now, here's the thing. You might have noticed, anybody who's watched the TV show The Boys, you might have noticed sometimes it gets a little bit gory. It does. There's a lot of gore. There's blood spatter. There's well, flesh. there's missing hands. Um, Eyes the, that the, get yeah, lasered. The worst part is all the Billy Joel. I mean, my kid's favorite episode, which I always... Oh, you know, you understand what dad jokes are? You know what that is, Dan? I got it. <clears throat> dad jokes when you, sometimes you get something, you do something, say something stupid on purpose, and that's what makes it funny. My kid's favorite episode of that show, which might be the best episode... I don't even remember what it's called. I think it's uh, Through the Sales with a Thousand Windows or something. I always call it Over the Hills and Far Away. And it makes my kid very angry because we both know that's not what it's called. But it's a very good episode. But I, was, I think that's the one that also begins with my th- probably third least favorite Billy Joel song, You're Only Human. You're only human. Remember, he's in a trench coach, uh, trench coach, trench coat on a bridge, playing piano man on a harmonica, and he's thinking about doing self harm. Then he realizes he's only human. <laughs> he's only more human than human. Uh, that's yeah. coming back. The boys is coming back. Next, I'm excited. That next that Tuesday, on, on finally. God damn it! A person has to steal to see this very special movie. Mm. Uh, I pre-ordered it. It arrives Tuesday. Everything, everywhere, all at once. Cancel everything, and I'll say any more. It's very important that you all see everything everywhere all at once. I know you've heard this. Let me be another voice to say, no, seriously, don't 
don't screw this up. Like, you can go get it right now, places. Um, but if you're, uh, and I would say do that, like now, turn off the show, bum, 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 bum. But you can also buy it, <laughs> and it'll arrive when it deigns to mm. next Tuesday. Here's what I'm going to tell you. It's, it's got Michelle Yao. Okay, so first of all, bucks up. You know, I'm just saying, Michelle Yao. You know who else is in it? Is short round from the second Indiana Jones movie. Plays her husband. Oh, what's he up to now? What's he doing? He's he was in Goonies. He was in that. He was in um, not Dune. He's but he's been in a few things. But he hasn't done a lot, a lot, a lot. And he plays Wayman Wang. I let me say that again. His name is Wayman Wang, and he and Michelle Yao. Oh, Jamie Lee Curtis. It, uh, I, I, I just, it's one of those movies, like, you know, that thing where people say, like, I walked out of the theater and I just wanted to walk right back in. Like, sort of like, there's not that, that movie, many movies I felt that way about, and it stayed that way. I would say Into the Spider-Verse would be one, right? There's a certain movies where you're like, are you kidding me? How did I, didn't, nobody told me you could make movies like this still. And Everything Everywhere All at Once is one of those. You know what I'm saying? I haven't seen it yet, but you're, it, it sounds like you I get, have to. You, I did watch, you told me to watch Candy. I did watch Candy. Candy. Oh, yeah, that's with, uh, wait, with what's her head? I Jennifer Beale. Jennifer Beale. Jennifer. Oh, oh, you know, it, 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 I don't know if it totally nailed the landing, but I'll watch anything with Melanie Linsky. Oh, my God, I love her so much. And and isn't Jennifer Beale, or Jennifer Beale, Jessica Beale? Isn't Jen, Flashdance? Did I call her Jennifer? No, Jessica. I did. I did that. Uh, but yeah, Flashdance is in it. <laughs> I was a lobster. It sucks. Anyway, um, <laughs> I just remembered a line from Flashdance. How is the lobster? It sucks. I remember can that. I, can I can I talk to you about something else? I just want to throw something into this. It's a good time. There's so much yeah. good media. So listen. Also read the book called Strong Towns. Dan, I'm throwing to you. Merlin, Dan. I, I watched Stranger Things, the first season when it first came out. Yeah. Loved yep, it. Loved yep, it. yep, 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 yep. Second season, watch it when it first came out. John Ralphio's uh, son, season, the one with the ice cream store. Third season, uh, was it second or third? What are we on now? We're on four. I think we're on four. For no reason at all, I didn't see season three. Uh, Did um, you jump into four? No, I I watched three. Okay. I don't remember it. I don't remember anything about it. I bet there's some uh, spooky stuff and maybe some There was something in a mall or something. No, I thought Aliens was was, uh, the Steve Holt guy. No. Know. Anyway, so mm. then I well, gotta go uh, to the elevator and go to the thing. I so I started two. watching Sailor this outfits. this um this fourth season yes. that that I am quoting one of my friends on Twitter who said that Stranger Things he either said it was a treasure or a national treasure. Okay. Oh no, are you going to be a karma suck? No, I heard it's not um, good. That's what I heard. And I'm I I so I've begun watching it and. I am enjoying it, but there are so many problems with the '80s references. Oh, that you know that drives me bananas. It for me. It's ruining. I'll give you a first example the, the, that is specific worst, to our the audience. The second worst is no one would still be listening to that song at this point. But obviously, Dan, what's the worst? That song was not out yet. Uh, so that song was not out yet is one, but there's something that I think for, for me and for our listeners will be even more problematic. And that is, I'm not going to get into specifics. Yes. That there is a scene where characters are looking at code. That's oh, all I'm going to say. Is there a screen with green letters on it? And I think I saw H- people complaining about this. Merlin HTML is being shown. Oh, on it's the very screen. early. Yeah. 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 
the the show takes place well, in 1986. Well, did you check? Because it, you know what it probably was? It was probably hypo text markup no, language. Nope, nope. That's it, really it was, funny. The show takes place it. in hypo-text. 1986, and HTML was not invented until, mm-hmm. say it with me, 1990. So <laughs> yes, so it that horrible. Also, as I'm sitting there watching it, I'm looking. I'm saying, you know what? That style, that particular, because listen, this listen. is the thing, Merlin. You're old, way old compared to me, way old. Uh huh. And I was the main character's age at the exact time they were fresh. They were yeah, freshmen that, that, that's in 1986. When you're, you're I was on, a freshman. You're treading in on thin ice when you try to present something about somebody who I was exactly the same age as the person in that. Because boy, yes. you, you better, you better cross your t's and dot your eyes. Yeah, and they're get they're not doing great. They, ha- they it's like someone was sent out to research the mid nineteen eighties and did a great job, but they don't know that in nineteen eighty that nineteen eighty three is different from nineteen eighty six. It's like, like they having didn't Leonardo da Vinci at your medieval fair, and you're like, well, yes. I think you confused two different kinds of fairs a little bit. Right, right. And, it, and but it matters. It matters to us. Well, it so matters we because we were there. Data. We were there. We're we were losing there. the planet. All we have is nostalgia for people of our. You age. know, like you, you hear about the veterans who watched like Saving Private Ryan. Thank you for your like, service. This is exactly yeah. Yes. Well, no. Yeah. Like, this some is of exactly movies, what it's like. Those Tom Hanks types and those Spielberg types, they'll they'll they will sweat every detail. It's like well, the reenactors. Why aren't these guys doing it? This is the oh, this is supposed because to be a time capsule it's targeted at a time unit. capsule. Well, I'm going to say something controversial, and I don't agree with this as an approach. Yeah. But like, if you're doing, if you're showing something, I think this this happened in a movie that I really enjoy from people I really enjoy. But Hot Tub Time Machine ate the booger on this like over and over again. And there was one where I th- I want to say it was 1987, mm. and like the big hit, everybody was dancing to a safety dance, and you're like. <laughs> Look, I hate to be this particular guy, it, but the thing is, all right, so, but you know that. You you know why that makes no sense. Nobody yeah. would be listening to safety. Safety dance would already be nostalgia music in 1987 because right. it's from yes. 1983, yeah, right? Yeah, that's old music. Okay, but imagine listening. And in the 80s, we didn't listen to old music. But imagine listening to two members, older members of your family in the late 70s or early 80s, arguing about whether a song was by Artie Shaw, Benny Goodman, or the Glenn Miller Band. And you'd be like, why do any of you care? Why does that matter? It's, it's like They're each all of the you same artist up, anyway. It's like holding up, each of you holding up a runny poop and asking who's weighs more. What are you doing? Drop the mm. poop. Who, mm. Nobody cares about, what's an Artie Shaw? Who cares? Licorice stick. What is wrong with all of you people? That's what it sounds like. So here's the thing, though. And what I get, again, QED, I get but do not agree with, if you want to touch upon touch touch if you want to touch young people today <laughs> guess what you drop the needle ba-dum, ba-dum, ba-da-da-dum, ba-dum, 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 and you go oh it's that one song from the hats people this must be in the 80s <laughs> right you drop the needle on safety dance yeah and you go oh it's the 80s and you're like but whereas we've been watching um under the banner of heaven which is not great but i think it's very good and they are so nailing. Here's the thing: is I think it's 1983, might be 84. But there's this the oh she's so adorable. It's this Irish, wonderful Irish actress on this show. She of course plays somebody from Utah. Well, technically from, it doesn't matter anyway. But one of the sisters, um, or the one of the wives, sister wives, wives. She um, she's wearing. She's got this parted in the middle, permed and curled hair. 
with this kind of shirt. I don't even know how to describe this shirt, but you know when you see it. It's a little bit Western meets like Holly Hobby, but there's this certain kind of like pleated shirt that girls would wear in almost exactly 1983. And she looks so much like my my big crush of like 1981. It's, it's like astonishing. Sometimes when you get those details right, it helps. The problem is, I don't know if you derive, if you exert enough extra value in getting that right to, let's say, please people like me and you. Fincher does that really well. Look what Fincher does with cars and stuff. It's nuts. I, you know what the thing is? Oh, here's what I want to say to you, d- directors, cinematographers, uh, DPs, production design people. Mm-hmm. I just want you to know I see you. Those of you who are staying up all night to get like the right Rubik's cube. Like if you're going to make a stupid Rubik's cube reference, don't use one of those like rounded pretty ones from the nineties. Or if you really want to nail it, do a Rubik's snake. That's an even weirder reference. Oh, snake. I was so, I had the, the snake. Of course I, I did. I got snake. it at Walden books. It was the, it was the, the direct, it was going to be, look, guess what? You know how you love Rubik's cubes for a year and a half. I took mine apart. I, I used a screwdriver to take it apart. I you yeah. know, greased it up with Vaseline to have it be faster. And I could solve it in about a minute by knowing the trick. Yeah. I learned the trick yeah. and how to line it up. I was obsessed with the Rubik's cube. It was not about being smart. It was about uh, being alone. Oh my God! They still make the snakes, but the Rubik's snake is not was not that fun. It's a very silly. It's a, it was a very like overpriced carnival toy essentially. I love but, that snake. But though. but if you can make a ball, you can make an yeah, octo octo. I, can make a ball. Uh, I still remember ball. how to make the ball. What do you call that? Would that be? It's not eight sided. Uh, octahedron? No. But anyway, you can make. But it sucked. It was stocking stuffer at best. But but if you really wanted to make a reference, that's a good reference to make. You know what I'm saying? Or again, under the banner of heaven, like talking about who shot Jr. So that would put it at eighty eighty one. Um, guess what I'm saying? Like I, when they sweat it and make it part of the story in a way that's not just a like biopic strap on. You know, mm-hmm. oh, he, here's Ray Charles not being able to see the piano he done someday. Like whatever, whatever it is. <laughs> I think the show's over, Dan. Isn't it's done? I mean, I don't know. I think I might. I think I might have a sit, sitting injury on my back. Are you okay? No, you I need, need to lay, to lay down. down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, let's button this up. Okay. Okay, I love you. I love you too, Merlin man.